Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 690-690. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the Lord today. I've got letters and music. Right now, let's pray to the Lord to ask him to anoint this service, this program. Father, anoint this program. Uh, rebuke Satan, Father God. Uh, he is really raging now because the word of God is coming out so powerfully. And so many people are believing. And so, therefore, it's very important, Father God, that you rebuke him and uh, bind him. As uh, for whatsoever we bind here on earth, Lord, we're binding him, as you told us to, by preaching your word. That's what really binds the devil. There isn't anything else that can bind him because he's spiritual. We can't... Uh, uh, people that kill people, they can't kill the devil except they preach the word of God. That's how to kill the devil, Father. And Lord, that I am doing that. I'm preaching your word. And therefore, I'm binding him on earth. And so I ask, Lord, that you bind him in heaven. Bind him in heaven, Father God. And, like, um, and then open doors for us. Bind him, close every door to him. That where he's doing the things that you stated that he would be doing here in the last days. You said that he'd be full of wrath because he knows that his uh, time is short, for he'll be flung into hell in the lake of fire, and all his uh, the angels that he led led out of heaven, the evil angels, by listening to uh, Satan, to by listening to the world now, people will follow him. It says the angels and all those that follow him and his angels. So that means he said the whole world is deceived. And that's why you sent somebody strong into the world, Lord, like myself, to uh, stand against the God of this earth, uh, to tell people that uh, they are not going to enter heaven, and then the only other place for them to go is hell if they continue on the way they're doing. Now, people receive the word of God. Lord God, let them uh, open their spirits, their eyes, uh, their spiritual eyes and their ears to receive that which you uh, will bring forth from your servant today. Lord, um, the souls... They will be saved and that the church, the people that are tottering back and forth, standing in the valley of decision, wondering what to do, what to do. Lord, uh, give them through me such a message today that they will stop being double-minded and come to you and stay in the word of God with you. In Jesus' name, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now um, we've got uh, two more songs here from Elvis, and then we're going to go with some other singers. Here's Elvis to sing, He Touched Me.
hurts my soul Something happened And now I know He touched me And made me whole Oh, since I met this blessed And since he cleansed and made me whole Oh, I'll never cease, never cease to praise him To praise him I'll shout it while he turns the Lord. Uh, that's what the Lord did to me. He came down to me in an office where I, <laughs> that was the last thing I ever thought would happen to me. It's just, he really knows how to blow people's minds. I always used to blow people's minds, I thought, <laughs> and they said I did. But the Lord makes me uh, look like the Wyndham, Montana kid. <laughs> Worse than that. When he touched me, that changed my entire life immediately. Promoting a real good singer and a songwriter. And so far as um, songs out in the world are concerned. And I immediately dropped him like a hot potato. Like a hot piece of steel. I dropped him instantly and uh, started seeking the Lord. And the Lord really loves those that seek after him. And no one will seek after the Lord unless they fear him. This is what the Lord told Moses. He says, I won't um, serve me if uh, they don't fear me. And so that's why he talked to him on the mountain, told him to rope off the mountain. And anyone goes on the other side of the rope is going to be struck through with a dart through their liver. They're going to die. And he says um, that, uh, <laughs> uh, he said, now stand over there, make sure everybody cleans themselves up um, before that happens. There's cleansing routines and everything. Not like the kind you go down to the health food store to get. Uh, but this is, uh, he tells it all in the Old Testament. And that's why we need to know the Old Testament so that we can see that we must fear God. That's the whole duty of man. Now, you think that from the Old Testament to the New Testament that the Lord would change that? That we wouldn't serve him if we don't fear him? Because the people today don't fear God. And consequently, they are not serving him. So the whole duty of man, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, is to fear God. 
and keep his commandments. But again, that's all they, uh, human beings have to do. But again, they will not serve me if they don't fear me. So on the other side of the ropes, they were not allowed to go up the mountain or touch it, or else they'd be killed immediately. And God sees, uh, when God sees to something, it really comes to pass. You can see him pouring out his wrath on the earth right now. And I don't hear the newscaster saying, well, Mother Nature really gave us a, a tough one today. No, they don't use Mother Nature anymore because it is written that it's the Lord will pour out the wrath on the earth. So anyway, he, uh, the Lord, uh, the mountain started shaking. Flames started coming out of the mountain. Uh, they probably thought it was a volcano. And there was smoke billowing up. And there was the sound of a trumpet, loud blast. And a trumpet back then they called like a sheep horn, but this was, uh, you know, uh, a very uh, supernatural sheep horn trumpet blast that was piercing right into their ears, their eardrums. And uh, then there was the voice of God that uh, spoke the Ten Commandments to all of them. And they were scared out of their wits. Because that same God is existing today, uh, whether you believe it or not. And you may hate the fact that God lives, but you're going to die. And you're going to stand before the God that you hate. And you're going to be um, held accountable for what you did in your aging body. Well, we're only like that, you know, 20 or 30 years old. We're only 15 or so. Yeah, but it's aging. Every second that you live, you get a second older. And every hour that you live, you're getting an hour older. And every day that you live, you're a day older. And you're not going to be able to recoup that age. Now, you could go to the gym. I've been going to the gym off and on for over 50 years, I think. And... No matter how I try to fight aging, I got old, all right? <laughs> and so are you, no matter what you do. I don't care how many vitamin pills you take. I've got a lot of strength in me yet. As a matter of fact, I can outlift probably any person uh, 60 years old or 70 for sure. And um, but still, I'm, I got old. And one of these days, according to uh, speaking on this earth, 70 years is like a drop in the bucket. 80, 100 years is like nothing. Eternity is what counts. And so we shouldn't pay so much attention on how we look. And that's a, I heard somebody say the other day that women consume about six pounds of lipstick during their lifetime. Gack. Gack! What's that lipstick made out of? I don't know, but I don't think it's good health food. You? And some of the guys, I understand, are wearing it, too. (laughs) All right, so uh, we're all going to be accountable before the Lord uh, one of these days. And uh, it seems like, you know, I remember when I was just a child, 
And it just seems like the blink of an eye that I'm already 73 years old. That's how fast time goes. As a matter of fact, I know a lot of guys that are big businessmen and that are big politicians, and they're still kids. I mean, when we get together, I mean, they goof around and talk and jive, and they're kids. They even mention nursery rhymes and stuff. When something reminds them of a nursery rhyme, they say it. I mean, you know, we really don't have time on this earth to get old. Our bodies get old, but the spirit in us is still just seems like to me that it's just as young as it ever was. I love to play uh, if I could, but the Lord tells me to be very grave and serious, and I am. But also the Lord allows a little bit of, uh, you know, being yourself because he knows we are children and we're all children in the eyes of the Lord. Doesn't make any difference if we're we're 100 years old. Some guy on uh, the news was running. He's 80 years old. And when he talked, if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't be able to tell that he was 80 years old. He sounded like about 20 years old or 18, 19. And it's because the spirit is an eternal spirit. And the spirit never gets old. The life inside of a person, it's just time. It goes so fast. Now, there's scripture that tells us that. It says we're like grassy, vapory, shadowy. We're here like a shadow. We appear and then we're gone. We fly away. We're like grass. We spring up and the sun comes out. We go through some tribulations, through some heat, and we're gone. And we're like vapors, you know. Vapors, You when you're cooking your grits, or your oatmeal, or your uh, uh, whatever breakfast, a uh, hot breakfast food you make. You see the vapors coming out of the pot. That's how you are, and that's how I am. We're here for a moment, and then we're gone. And uh, when people tell me, is that really you? It's a picture of me maybe 30, 35 years ago. And, you know, Movie directors wanted me to be in movies and everything. And I said, of course that's me. 30 years ago, and uh, or uh, actually now it's 40 years ago. Okay, can't you see that's me? I, I, I feel the same way. Don't I look the same way? No, man, you were really something else back then. Well, then it reminds me of what the Lord said. We die daily if we're really of the Lord. And, uh, you know, some people, they're like uh, 60 years old and 50 years old, and they look like my grandfather. So I still look semi-young, but I don't look like I did when I was like 30, 25, and 20. I mean, it just looks like a different person. My, 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 isn't that sad? But you know something? I saw myself in the kingdom of heaven, and if you could see yourself too, well, you'd start getting busy serving the Lord rather than running on the treadmill. Uh, a little body exercise uh, it profits little. Body exercise, bodily exercise profits little. But a spiritual exercise, exercising your spirit, profits a lot. A real lot. And I'm glad that I spent most of my life because I never, I wasn't saved until I was 30. I never got into the ministry 
until I was 30 years old, and now I've been in the ministry going on 44 years. So most of my years have been serving the Lord, and I am so happy that God revealed himself unto me, because if he hadn't, I'd just be as dead as a lot of you folks out there. Spiritually dead means to be really dead. And so this program, the programs that the Lord has me do, the purpose of them is to bring you to spiritual life. Now, we all know that you have temporal life that you're living, but uh, that isn't enough because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why the Lord says we have to shed that old life. And we have to uh, become holy. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why we have to be born again. Now, Jesus said that's the reason why we must be born again of the spirit into the spiritual realm. So listen closely to the program today. And if you receive what you hear, you very well might be saved today if you purpose to do that. But if your purpose is to squander your life on the things of this earth, and then at the end you'll be uh, scrambling, uh, groveling before the Lord, saying, Lord, let me be saved now. And he'll tell you, according to his scripture, the word, and he doesn't lie, can't. And he'll say to you, uh, no, you rejected me too long. You Every time you heard a message, you just said, I'm going to put it off. Well, every time you put off accepting the Lord, that uh, is a very big no-no. Because he states uh, in the first chapter of Proverbs, and he says it all over the Bible, that now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. So uh, do it today. Because I don't want you... And more, much more than me, God does not want you to see you spend eternity in hell. No matter how many evil things you've done, he said he'll wash you uh, completely from every evil sin that you've committed and drowned it in the sea of God's forgetfulness. And he'll remember it no more against you unless you allow the devil to bring it up to your memory again, and then you start believing, Satan, that you're not really saved, that God's blood wasn't strong enough of a detergent to take away every sin that you've ever committed in your life. So once you're saved, then believe that you're saved and be begin and begin doing everything that the Lord tells you to do after you've received him. And that is, uh, first of all, you know, you have to read the word, the milk of the word, and you have to get into, uh, I would say, my church. I'm not saying go to a good Bible-believing church. I don't know that many of them. Because, you know, I used to think that John Hagee was a good preacher and everything, and then all of a sudden he's preaching against the Vatican, as I do. And then all of a sudden he apologizes to the Vatican. Now that, and then he is preaching that Jesus had a different kind of blood than we do. But the Bible says that he was like us in every way, that he had human flesh, that he had human bones, and that he had real 
human blood. Not uh, anything special at all, but it was the spirit in him. Not anything that was um, of this world, which is human blood, bone, and flesh, that uh, was the determining factor in Christ that enabled him to keep all the commandments. He had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was of the, he was begotten by the Holy Spirit, uh, but he was begotten as a, he came to the world as a real man, not, but he had the Spirit of God in him. So he was a God man, and that's what we have to become. We didn't come into the world that way. We came into the world as Adamic sin on our soul, so it has to be washed away. Whether we ever committed a known sin to ourselves, because by virtue of the fact, or if you want to call it virtue, that we were the sons and daughters we, of Adam and Eve, we now have to uh, divorce ourselves from that family, the Adamic family, because everyone that's in Adam must become born again of the Spirit. We uh, we have to be born again into the spiritual realm so that we can be acceptable in heaven. If we're not spiritual, well, we can't be accepted by the Lord in heaven. And hell is not a good alternative, or the lake of fire is not a good alternative, and that's what it is, so... Uh, please, I beseech you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, become born again of the Spirit and get rid of that Adamic sin on your soul or any other sin you've committed, no matter how bad. This is the Lord's advice to you, and he wants me to pass it along to you. Just pass it along. All right, now we've got a reading from what chapter is it in Second Corinthians? Six. Chapter six. You mean to say we've gone that far? And I believe that we're in verse eleven. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So these um, Corinthians were very carnal. They called themselves Christians, and so do a bunch of other people in the world today call themselves Christians. When in fact they're the synagogue of Satan. But there was a lot of carnal people in the Corinthian church. And they were all Gentiles, of course, uh, Greeks. And Paul is saying to him in verse 11, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. In other words, we're preaching to you the truth. We're, uh, my mouth is open to you to encourage you to not be carnal anymore, but to be spiritual. Because when you're carnal, you're still of the family of, um, you know who? Adam. You're still the children of Adam and Eve. And we can't be children of Adam and Eve. We have to become spiritual like God spiritual like the Lord Jesus. Our spirit has to be awakened unto eternal life. You're, uh, you have life that's temporal, but you're not really uh, 
if you're carnal, then you're still parked in the world, or you're still in the world and not of the Lord. So our mouth and my mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. God has enlarged our hearts to not just preach to the Jew, but he opened up our uh, hearts to also preach to the Gentiles. Because you Gentiles are so carnal that it's unbelievable. But it is believable because we know the scriptures. Verse 12, ye are not straightened in us. And as you're not, by our preaching, you haven't been straightened out yet. But ye are straightened in your own bowels. You believe that you're straight by the Gentile things that you're doing, by the Adamic things that you're doing. Oh, you're straight when it comes to the things of the world. But you're not straightened by the things that our mouth has told you. You're not straightened in us, but are, you are straightened in your own selves. Verse 13. Now, for a recompense in the same as a I speak as unto my children. I mean, I'm not against you. I'm talking to you as I would my own children because I begot you to the Lord, but people fall away. The Bible plainly teaches that. Well, how could they be carnal and saved at the same time? Well, just like the whole bunch of people in the world today that are say they're Christians and they're not. They do carnal things. They're out committing fornication, adultery. They're uh, getting drunk. And they're into pornography. Into concupiscence. Uh, into homosexuality. Let's give it a try. Oh, there's so much talk about it. Maybe there is something there. Let's give it a try, is what they're saying. Why not? Well, you got a stronger stomach than I do, and you have no fear of God. You're not straightened by the word of God. You got your own reason. Now, I want you to believe that I speak unto you as a child. Doesn't mean that you are my child, but I speak to you as you are uh, my children. Be ye also enlarged. Get to your heart right with the Lord. Open your heart and receive the enlarging factor of the word of God. Verse 14, be ye not un... I'm going to tell you something here. I, I know you get uh, horny for all kinds of women. But um, there's some that you just really think are so good looking... But I'm saying to you, be ye not unequally yoked together. Don't yoke yourself up with unbelievers. For what fellowship, what kind of fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? You know, some of these people you can tell, you could be uh, following the Lord, 
like Job's wife. Job was uh, the most righteous man on the face of the earth, and he had himself an unrighteous woman. She was trying to lead him astray by saying, um, hey, why don't you just curse God and die? Well, there's a lot of females in the world like that. And if you were married to something like that, it despises you because you're godly and they're not. Well, then don't have anything to do with them. Put them away. Because they don't amount to, they're definitely, that's a breaking of God's commandments. So what fellowship? I mean, how can you get along with a hag like that? What kind of fellowship has a righteous man or woman with an unrighteous man or woman? How are you going to get along with a witch? And what communion has light with a witch, a darkness, or, you know, there's men witches and there's women witches as well. A woman that would listen to some evil, wicked woman and would listen to the world rather than unto her husband in the Lord. Job's wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? I don't like you. You're righteous, and I'm a witch. Verse 15, and what concord hath Christ with the devil, with Belial? Because there's so many scriptures about women not doing what their godly husbands tell them to do. Your wife is of the devil. And I'm reading it to you. Or your husband is of the devil if he's not doing with you what the Lord tells him to do. And if you have uh, angered a woman... Because you preach the gospel, then she's not worth the powder to blow her up. And if the the woman uh, hates, has uh, the Christ in you, what uh, what kind of fellowship are you going to have with a hag? Or what kind of fellowship will a hag have with you? Her heart is not on her husband. Her heart is on herself. And if it's on herself, then she's of the devil. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Well, all infidels are going to hell. Because they don't believe. They're hateful. Uh, you can't. A, a man that's really of the Lord cannot possibly love an infidel or a devil. And so if you think that uh, because you're beautiful, a beautiful woman would look like a devil if she were a devil to a person of the Lord. And there's no beauty in someone like that at all. They think they're beautiful because they put on a very 
thin veil. They put on makeup. Now they have health makeup. And then they put on so much lipstick that they're eating six pounds of it. But they still look like a devil. Still. Now, they're saying another thing. Now, they on TV are saying, you know, that we don't believe in makeup. Why, yes, we do. If you ever see uh, my late wife, Susie, she wore lots of makeup. So that would shoot that lie right out of, um, right into the fire. And she wore false eyelashes. She wore a wig. Uh, she wore lipstick, bright lipstick. And when the Lord showed her to me in a vision, her lips were so unusually red, it was unbelievable. And she had bleached hair. There isn't anything uh, wrong with that. People, uh, and, you know, Paul stated that don't try to show your holiness by your makeup or with jewelry and things like that, because he didn't say it wasn't right to do, do that, but not to think that you're holy by using it because that doesn't make you holy he says it's better uh, you know you can use makeup and some of you really need it for sure okay so don't hate me for that you know you need it or you wouldn't be using it amen, amen. so that turns a lot of people off from christianity is because of the false teaching and some of these holier-than-God churches. But there's nothing wrong with it but to be meek uh, and to be lowly and to obey the word of God. To And um, if you've got a godly husband, to obey what your husband says. Otherwise, you're not going to make it into heaven. And don't think that a godly man is going to love you because of the makeup, even though it makes you look a lot better, but still, if uh, he detects Satan in you, uh, he has nothing to do with you. You are a, a castaway in the eyes of your, quote, husband, which you think is your husband, but he's not. Because I'm not going to believe with an infidel, uh, and a true man of God will not. What part has he that believes with an infidel? A person that doesn't even care about anything that's godly. Okay, verse 16, and what agreement? You know, you've got an ungodly woman, you can't agree with her at all. She thinks she's the boss. And she is a nothing she can't hurt her husband that's of the Lord and is strong in the Lord. She's just uh, not saved. And what agreement has the temple of God? See right there it says that we are the temple of God. What agreement has um, the temple of God with idols? The temple of God, we allow our body, uh, we let, allow God to have our body for his temple um, or his mansion. When we uh, surrender everything unto the Lord, then we become his temple or mansion. In my father's house, 
are many mansions. He has many people uh, as his bride. So you see, the Lord is a polygamist. Hundreds of millions of people are his body. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? You can't be uh, the temple of God if you're an idol worshiper. Or you, and an idol worshiper is one that doesn't obey everything that the Lord says. For ye are the temple of God, the living God. That's why it says in Second Thessalonians that there'll be a great falling away of the church in the last days. A lot of people that say they're Christians are not because they're doing all the former things that I said in this message to you. And that they'd allow Satan to sit down in the temple of God. And ye are the temple of God. Uh, the temple of the living God. He's not dead. He's alive and well. So, um, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. They say, I'll walk with God. Yeah, in the uh, Old Testament, they walked with God, but now this is the new covenant where he will walk in us. And I will be their uh, God, and they shall be my people. Well, if you're married to an infidel, you can't have any relationships with her because you're the temple of God, and she is the temple of Satan. And she likes it, but she hates it that you know it. And if it's a husband that's uh, the temple of Satan, he's going to hate you. Just like my late wife Susie, uh, she uh, was saved. And she married a man that was the temple of Satan. And the Lord punished her for it greatly. He tortured her for years. And then finally, she, after praying to God for many years, God sent me into her life. And that's when the Jesus movement started all over the world. If any of you are believing in God today, believing in Christ, because there's many gods. Some people say, I believe in God. Well, yeah, but who is your God? A lot of people's God is Satan. So, if you're really born again in the Spirit, you say, my God is Christ, because Christ is God. He was Emmanuel. Uh, he was God living with us. So he says, uh, I'll walk in them. Well, that means he's in us. And Second Thessalonians says to be a great falling away. Uh, they will not allow God to live in them anymore, but they will allow the world to come into them. And everything that is in the world, all that is in the world is the lusts, is lust. And then it goes on to say that these lusts are the lust of the eyes. Do you ever look at stuff and lust after it? 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the flesh. Do you ever feel your flesh wanting something so bad? Uh, you want a man so bad that you begin posing for lewd magazines, exposing everything about yourself, including your tonsils. So, um, he's walking in us, but um, that's if we're Christians. And he's not going to walk, if we're Christians, she's not going to walk in us some of the time. And then we see something and we start uh, lasting after us. And the pride of life, that's part, these, that's part of the lust. Lust the flesh, lust the eyes, and the pride. The pride of life. Of mortal life. Not immortal life. I'm proud. Not to be an American because I'm the most patriotic person here on earth. I joined the Navy when I was 16 years old because I wanted to fight the enemy because I was so stupid when I was 16 years old that I thought I wanted to go through the jungles or any place like that and destroy those that were trying to destroy America. And I got an honorable discharge. Um, I was asked to leave the Navy because my eyes, I have glaucoma. And they made me sign a statement that I wouldn't sue the government. But they wanted me out because they, you know, when you legally blind, I wasn't legally blind at that time, but they know what glaucoma is. Evidently, they're doctors, and I had to go. But uh, they gave me an honorable discharge anyway because I was a very good watchman. And, uh, you know, I did everything that they said to do. But then when I grew up, I put childish things away and I knew that uh, Bush and all these uh, puppets of, uh, of the devil are not of the Lord. They say they're Christians, but their body language their speech that I am a man of war. We destroyed these. That's not Christian, folks. How could you be so deceived? This isn't God walking in them. I will dwell in them. He's not dwelling in Bush or the Pope, or he's not dwelling in Clinton, who ordered the people of Waco, those pitiful people of there, the little children and their mothers and dads, to be destroyed and to aid the people, the Bushes, in 9-11 and also the federal building and the feds. You people, Christ is not dwelling in you. God is not dwelling in you. And uh, walking in you. And God says that I will be their God. He's not your God. Satan is your God. And they shall be my people. You're not God's people. You have to be born again of the Spirit in order for that, to, for you to, for God to be your God. You have to obey what he says to do. And he never tells you to kill anybody. Murder people, that is. 
little unborn children. You people are the devil. Because who it is that you believe, that is your master, the Bible says. How in the world are you God's people, any of you that believe that way? You have to do what the Lord says. And then they shall be my people. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, these people that believe that it's of the Lord, which is the opposite. God says, I will repay. Can't you see God pouring out his wrath on uh, all these different uh, countries in the United States of America? God will re- recompense. He'll pay. But it's not for us to do that, to murder people. Now, we can, if somebody murders somebody, then we are obligated by the Lord to kill them. But not outside of the court system. Uh, we have to take them to court, and if they're guilty of murder, well, that would mean all these women that are getting abortions, that they should be uh, killed. Well, uh, no, the Supreme Court and the court ruled that they shouldn't be killed. Uh, because they could keep going and murdering babies. Well, but you're going to be uh, cast into hell for it. You're not going to hide behind some idiot judge's gowns that they wear or behind the president's uh, little suit or anybody. You're going to stand naked before the Lord Just as the Bible says, you came into the world naked and you're going out with nothing. And you're going to stand judgment. All right, so, wherefore, come out from among these kind of people, them, and be ye separate from such evil thinkers and doers, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Everybody's scrambling around to see who they're going to vote for. They're all no good. Do you think that anybody in this world, this evil world, would be able to run for president if they were not evil? They're liars. I know. I mean, I can just tell by what the the man sitting in the, this Obama is sitting, and I don't even care who, which one of them does make it because they're all wicked and evil. And you people with your carnal brains are trying to decide who shall I vote for? Who shall I vote for? Six of one, half a dozen of the other. They're not worth taking the time to even consider because Jesus never voted for anybody. Uh, Jesus voted for those of us that uh, receive him. So just worry about you being voted into the body of Christ or the God's body, the body of God. Wherefore, come out from among them, these evil thinkers and doers, and be separate. Separate yourself. Consecrate yourself from the people of this world. And you say, well, how am I going to do that? I'll lose my... It's better to lose your job than it is your soul, isn't it? saith the Lord. 
and touch not the unclean thing. Don't even, uh, and I will receive you. So if you're touching the unclean thing, he's not receiving you. Can't you figure that out for yourselves? Touch not the unclean. Well, what's unclean? Everything that the Lord says is unclean is unclean. Well, I says we've got about a couple of minutes here uh, to read letters. And so that's what we'll do right now. We'll come back to this on the next program. Okay, uh, who's got the first letter? Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Okay, go ahead and read. From, from Eldoret, Kenya, East Africa. Dear Pastor Tony Lamo, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I bring you greetings on behalf of my family and the saints here at Victory Church of Christ. I wish to thank God for the good work he is doing in you and through you to our brothers and sisters in faith. We believe your efforts are not in vain. I understand that you are the true followers and apostles of Jesus Christ because you are preaching the light of the gospel to reach all over the nations through Radio East Africa. You are not only preaching the gospel, but giving literature for evangelism services. I cannot quantify the extent to which your ministry has blessed me and the people in our church after listening to your teaching readings through Radio East Africa. It is just too great to measure. People are getting inspired spiritually, and above all, we have started meeting together every weekend just to listen to your teachings through Radio East Africa. The Radio East Africa has become a wonderful booster to our long-time vision of starting a small library in Eldoret Town here in Kenya. We are indeed very grateful that this library will multiply the expansion of the kingdom many-fold. I kindly therefore take this opportunity to request for you for some of the gospel materials that are written below, Bibles and Messiah books. Please send this material by airmail. Your teachings and preachings through Radio East Africa has generated new strengths in the new converts and in the entire church as well. Your ministry is one of the most wonderful ministries in the world, changing thousands of lives. It has been an instrument for transformation to the lives of many. We take this opportunity to congratulate and encourage you to continue, for your labor in the Lord is never in vain. We thank God for your teachings and the encouraging messages. I tell you... You are actually pouring spiritual knowledge to so many people here in Kenya. Already two Hindus and three Muslims have given their lives to Jesus Christ just after listening to your teachings. Thanks for the extensions of the gospel in the Hindu and the Muslim area throughout our community by the help of Radio East Africa. Beloved, I tell you, when I listen to your teachings through Radio East Africa, I just feel like God is speaking to me. In times of dryness, your teachings have sparked a revival in my heart and in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. I tell you I cannot explain the spiritual nourishment I always get from the power-packed messages through Radio East Africa. They keep giving me a lot of challenges which have been even helpful to my spiritual life. I wish I knew how to express in words what your teachings have meant to my life and the lives of our saints. I want to assure you that the messages you spread through Radio East Africa have blessed many people here in Kenya. I'm happy to tell you that the churches in Eldoret Town are seeking God with all their hearts now, after having heard your teachings from Radio East Africa. May God bless you, your family, and the staff of your ministry, yours in his service, Pastor Immaculate Knight Tonga Misses. All right, and the Lord says in verse 18, if we leave the world and become born spiritually, that he says, and I, and will, I will be a father unto you. 
what a father, and ye shall be my sons and daughters. And um, saith the Lord Almighty. Now my time is up on this particular program. And we'll, uh, that uh, finishes uh, chapter 6, and so we'll go into chapter 7. It's time for us to pray now. So you who uh, are, you know, you're lost and you've got sin on your soul, let's get it erased. Let's become spiritual now by saying this prayer. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former sins. And I believe that you, Father God, Raise Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, Lord Jesus, and invite you in to my heart. And you, Father God, also, in which you're all one anyway in the Holy Spirit. Come in. Cleanse me from all my former sins. And, Lord, raise me, my spirit, from being dead to life. Uh, you will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. Father, you won't turn me away. Lord, Holy Spirit, you won't. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now raise your hands and praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, uh, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 690 Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for more direction on how to enter heaven uh, and stay totally out of hell. Now here's Elvis to sing for you. Put your eyes on the word of God, which is Jesus. Put your eyes upon Jesus. Thank you.